I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's special Doing It Live edition of Fangirl Radio. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me tonight is always is the lovely and talented Amanda. Hello. And also tonight we have a special guest fanboy co-host who I have to get his title right. Monsignor Vatican Assassin Warlock, MD, PhD, astrophysicist, and husband of mine, Mr. Troy Andrew Dwyer. Thank you. Thank you. That's, uh, that's great. I need to get some business cards with that on it. How much do you think they'd charge to have that printed on a business card? Well, it would probably run over onto the back. So That's true. It would be a kind of, yeah, it would be a complicated, complicated business card, but it would have to be in bone. That's with, correct. With, with raised embossed lettering. Yes, exactly. American Psycho. Yes, you got the reference. Good for you. <laughs> God. Uh. So in this episode um, tonight, uh, I, I have Troy on because I wanted to do uh, our special summer movie retrospective episode uh, because we're getting towards the end of summer and they're starting to release the um, the kind of the bench warmer movies uh, and so the big blockbusters have been uh, been played, and we're going to pick our top fives. Troy's seen some that I haven't seen, and I've seen some that Troy hasn't seen. So we're going to compare notes and compare movies, and also pick our worst of the bunch. And I'm pretty sure I know what mine is. I'm guessing I know what yours might be. So all right, I'm I'm gonna we'll we'll see. I'm we'll ready. See. Oh, I'm okay. Ready. But first, of course, we have to do the Weekend Geek, and Amanda and I have to get out our little bitch fest that we normally do during this time, which is True Blood. And Amanda, what was it you just told me you were going to let HBO do um, come the end of this season? One more episode, and my subscription to HBO is going down the tube. I am not going to carry it anymore. There's no reason. (laughs) I'm guessing that you're not pleased either with the way this season has gone with the show. Well, if I wanted to watch comedy all the time, I got Comedy Central, and I don't have to pay for that. So, I I have to say there's a couple of things I've I've caught up because I I was behind by an episode, um, and I just watched this last one, and I have to say the fairy angle is even more ludicrous and horrible than. I could have imagined it had gone. Uh, it's annoying. And I, I have dubbed Lilith the goddess Tampax. Oh, God. 
<laughs> One time that- when I was role playing, okay, I, I, I used to role play a vampire online, and someone really offended me. Like it was, <laughs> and they told me to go suck on a tampon, and I was so offended by that. That just totally reminded me of that. I got mad when they said that to me. That's an old joke. I didn't you know, like that's how, it. That's how that's how vampires make tea. You know. Oh that's, God. Yeah, that's, that's a nasty how th- joke. <laughs> how offensive! I've never, I've never heard that joke before. Are you serious? You've never heard the joke about three vampires walk into a bar, two order Bloody Marys, and the one pulls out a dirty ta- or a bloody tampon, and the bartender says, "What are you? What are you going to have?" He's like, "Just give me hot water. I'm going to make tea." Ew. That- Ew. God. Honestly, you've never. God, Ew. where have you guys so been? Is, is this show on during dinner time? Or yeah. <laughs> We're streaming worldwide. I don't know what time. It's always like beer 30 somewhere. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the, the fairy thing is is just horrible. I don't know. It, it has gone beyond annoying. The What's sad though, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Amanda, but did you? there's some really good parts, but they're so few and far between. They're little nuggets of, of awesome, like the whole Hoyt scene. That was really touching and I cared and you got to see some of the old Jessica come back in this one but you know once again it's the I I keep returning to the fact that they've completely destroyed her storyline but that scene was was really well done and then then there was the whole thing with Robert Patrick turning into the werewolf Dixon with the bow I I I thought the same thing I was like hey it's the other brother (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, the T-1000 is suddenly a werewolf, and he has a bow and arrow, and it's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, I... Well, I, I just... have a question. Mm-hmm. I have a question, because clearly I am not one of the three of us who knows anything about the show, and I guess maybe the first thing that comes to mind is, if the show has diverged quite a bit, what was the appeal that you you had from the beginning that has changed? What's changed from when the show started to now? Everything. It's like they're not even sexy anymore. They're all skanky. It's not even sexy. It's it's just the the characters, they have screwed up the characters so much now. Like, the reason I really, I, I, I love Jessica because she was such a tragic character. She was this innocent, um, you know, homeschooled, right-wing Christian girl that gets dragged into this mess and then gets turned into a vampire. And then as it progresses, she discovers that she's supposedly eternally a virgin and, and, and it's always going to hurt her when she has sex. And, and that was this whole tragic storyline. She was just screwed up by that. She was in love with this guy. It's the first time she's had freedom and, and she's having to deal with getting this lifestyle that was so again, opposite what she had grown up with. And, and uh, now she's just this skanky hoe vampire. Mm-hmm. And, and they've completely screwed that up. The Viking character, Eric, who is, you know, you know, is one of my favorite ones. He's just, I don't know, they've made him so boring. He, he's no longer this badass type. He just kind of moons around after. Now it's this, this girl, this new girl that they bring in as his sister. When the last season, when he lost his memory, they completely jacked up his character. And that whole story arc went to hell. It was so good in the books. Then they screwed it up in the show. So basically, the problem here is that everything they do that hasn't come from the books, and even stuff that has come from the books that was 
uh, good, they've screwed up. So is this something similar to Lost where you they had a good premise and they had decent running at the start and then it just degenerated into chaos or yeah i think so i don't I, now the only thing like i was i was talking to amanda before the show started was the fact that alan ball who's the show runner and has been since the beginning is leaving this season after this season it's done so i hope what he's done with this show hasn't destroyed it to the point it can't be saved by a new show head but I mean, they've really jacked these characters up. They've made it annoying. The, the lead character is annoying. Not even like Buffy annoying, where I used to watch Buffy, but I didn't watch Buffy for Buffy. I watched it for all the secondary characters. because like Spike? Exactly. Spike really <laughs> did need his own. Spike was my Eric. You know, or Eric <laughs> is now my Spike. That isn't even the case anymore. I, I, I honestly, and, and what's funny, they had a very Gina Torres looking chick in this last episode that was as annoying as she was, as Gina Torres was an angel. What was the name of her character in Angel? That it was like Jasmine or Jasmine. It was Jasmine? Jasmine. God, you remembered. I blocked that entire season from my mind. <laughs> but yeah, so that's basically that entire season of Angel. Ha, uh, stretch it out into about four, and you've got what they've done to True Blood. It started what, out what, so good. What season are we on on True Blood? Is it the third season? It's fifth. 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 Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They screwed up the second season. I think that was the main ad, right? Well, I think it started going downhill with Orgy Time. Yeah, that was the main ad. That was main yeah. ad. That entire season turned into one giant orgy. Literally, every episode had an orgy. Well, and isn't that the appeal of the show? No. No. Eric's butt's pretty appealing, but other than that, I got you know? And I even got sick of that last season because you know? that's all you saw. Yeah. And, and, when, and like, um, Bill and Sookie thing, I, Bill's kind of gotten to where he's not so attractive anymore for some reason. I don't know if he's getting older or whatever, but... Well, he's already... He was older. He's older than Anna Paquin. Yeah. Like, I saw him in, like, Excalibur or something. Prince Valiant. Yeah, I saw him in that. I was like, holy cow, is that what he looks like? <laughs> he honestly, honey, I'm telling him, Troy, I, I shall not call you honey during this. Um, if, if, you, if you watch on HBO Go right now, if you want to get a good laugh, listeners, and you have HBO and you can get HBO to go for free, Prince Valiant is actually on HBO mm-hmm. to go right now to watch. And... It's hilarious. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is hilarious. So, it, And it kind of makes up a little bit for the horrible that is this season of True Blood. And I know a lot of other people have kind of got on my bandwagon of, I think True Blood's dead. And I, I truly think it is. I don't know if you can pull out of how bad this has gotten. Um, Hoyt now, was right. To I, have to say, I have to say, I have to say that True Blood was dead for me. The one time you asked me to see the scene where someone got their neck broken, ah, uh, the, the 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 exorcist te- exorcist sex. I, I, I yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh no, you made him watch that. You introduced a newbie watch that. during. He watched that on his own. No, you, you did make me watch that. <laughs> ah. I, at the time, I thought, okay, don't get but, any ideas, folks. <laughs> but but that but you know what that's a highlight in comparison to everything that has gone on this season. I did like the 
the scene where um, Jessica came in and asked Pam for help, and she was all bloody and smeared up and stuff. That was pretty cool. I, I, I it, no, they're getting ready to hook Pam up with with Tara, and I don't know. Yeah. Don't tell me that. Please don't tell me that. I don't They're like Tara. They're getting ready to do that, and that's horrible. I don't. I hate Tara. I hate Tara. Everyone hates Tara. Everyone hates Tara. <laughs> All right. So moving on, as as we've said many times before, as Amanda and I have discussed True Blood, we don't like it. It's not gotten better. And you can tell they're trying to ramp up this season at the end, like they always do, because they always jack around during the season and screw around with these crappy storylines like uh, Arlene and Terry and all that crap. That was terrible. That was terrible. So we're not pleased. Alan Ball, go away and let someone else play in the sandbox so we can get some decent stuff, maybe, if you haven't lost all your viewers. So that's all I have to say about all, that. All two of them that are on. All the two of them, which was us, right. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so moving on to the week in geek, um, I do want to ca- do two call outs to some passings that we had. I'm sure you've already heard uh, both of these, but um, the one very shocking and very, very tragic one was Tony Scott. Um, and I still, there's been some debate now and, and discussion that, he actually didn't have brain cancer, but they're actually going to be doing an autopsy and they'll find out. Either way, it's a tragedy and a waste of, of uh, uh, awesome talent and, uh, you know, a true pioneer in, in film. And uh, it's just a tragedy. So he does have um, a new, there was a new series going to be on, I believe, A&E this year, uh, starting the fall, I believe in October, called Coma, um, that he did with Ridley. And I think that may be the very last thing that he did. So I that believe he, uh, I believe he also was doing Top Gun 2 with Tom Cruise. I was, but was that confirmed? That yeah, that I was believe. Gonna yes. I believe that they were working on it before he died. And I also want to express my condolences to his family about his passing and his a uh, tragic thing to lose anyone, especially in those circumstances. Truly it is. And uh, so, um, you know, respect and, and love to Tony Scott and Tony Scott's family and Ridley and, and all of them. Um, this is just a sad thing. And I hope, uh, I hope that, um, you know, I hope they move on very uh, quickly from it and just remember him as he was and, and what he's left behind will never die. That's how you look at it. Um, also, uh, another passing, but, uh, and he will, he would respect this, this statement. A lot of people thought he was already dead. <laughs> like Me I know included. my, my husband included my, my personal thing. Um, but, uh, Phyllis Diller also passed away and she was an icon and a pioneer in female comedians. Um, she started late in life and she just kept going with the funny. And uh, I think she still had about 20% of her actual body left when she died. <laughs> so, <laughs> but she would respect that. You know, she would. <laughs> but, she was uh, a very, very funny woman. She was an extremely funny woman. And of course, I, I, I posted this um, on a uh, on Facebook, but he was also part of one of my favorite uh, stop motion films, which was Mon- um, Mad Monster Party. Big part of that. And so uh, I 
you know, thank you, Phyllis Diller, because you were amazing. You made me laugh a lot. And uh, I just want to say thank you. And uh, I'm sure you're giving God a guffaw right now. So thank you. Um, but moving on to happier news, um, sort of. I, I, I don't know what to take from this, but um, DC's new 52 line, uh, a lot of people, I, there's just been some great comics to come out of this reboot a lot of people were um leery of it happening but i'm i was uh actually kind of excited because you know i vampire came back and it is amazing but um now uh i believe it's in justice league they're doing something that a lot of people have always talked about but have never never thought in a million years would happen in the comics i don't believe they they ever thought this pairing would occur but superman and wonder woman are hooking up Oh. Thoughts? Thoughts? <laughs> Troy? I, I'll go last. Wait, okay. what, did, what did you just say? Superman and Wonder Woman are hooking up. In what in, form? Uh, in the form that hooking up means. What are you talking about? Yeah, That's not uh-huh. legal. That's not legal. Well, remember, there's a short story that was written <laughs> a few years ago um, talking about the the physics and biology that um stated the only person that could even have sex with superman would be wonder woman because she has like a super uterus or something and so so she would be the only one that could handle it (laughs) and then have his baby and so i know troy has read it um in kingdom come the elseworld if what if book they actually do have a baby And, uh, you know, she's pregnant, cause ba- and Batman already knows. Um, well, does Batman got- get jealous or something, or what? Like, is this, no, but Batman's the just a surly, surly old guy, like he always is. Oh, but, um, but, yeah, Superman and, and Wonder Woman are hooking up in a big way. I mean, they're on the co- Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, it's on the cover, this really beautifully drawn cover of them kissing with the magic lasso wrapped around them. Aww. And um, it it looks really, really pretty. But there's a lot of people, I think, that are going to be kind of like, no, because if you watch the Justice, I think in the comics it was hinted at, too, but also in the Justice League TV series, um, everyone wanted Batman and Wonder Woman to hook up. No, I I don't want Batman and Wonder Woman to hook up. I guess I'm a little confused by this because I would think that if they had the magic lasso wrapped around him, then the truth would come out and he would say something like, oh, it was just pillow talk, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Mark pillow talk. Oh, I just referenced Superman four. Oh, Oh, that's, we don't, we don't speak of it. That, uh, that movie burned in that terrible studio fire that time that took Star Trek (laughs) five, alien three. What is this alien three you speak of? I do it, not know. This. I don't know. It was lost in that fire. I was lost in the fire. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious to see what happens with this and what kind of fallout they have, because I know there's a lot of people that are old school. They're like Lois and Clark. That's, that's what happens. But um, they, they divorced apparently. What are you the- talking about? I don't even know about like, Okay, I'm the basic United States of the America consumer that only gets my comic information from whatever movie happens to come out. Or, uh, okay. 
or me. So I didn't even know they like got married. I didn't know that superheroes are allowed to divorce. Isn't that some kind of an, a code violation or something of the Justice League where you're not allowed to divorce? Well, well, he, they were Lois and Lois Lane and Clark Kent were married. They can divorce. But I don't know about Superman. He's an alien. I don't know how yeah, that but, works. But Clark and Lois, Clark is a Superman in disguise. So Lois must have like a heck of a uterus. Like also, <laughs> if she can handle I think the, she does. The, that from him, <laughs> I mean, deal, I guess if you know. Goodness gracious, Margot Kidder. It, the, her uterus is actually how she survived that that fill-in that she was in. It, you know, it wasn't that Superman. Oh, was oh, God! There's some pictures I didn't need in my head. There you go, Troy. Thank you for that. Oh, and I thought that, like, I thought, I'm no offense or anything, and I know that this is stereotypical, but I thought that since, um, okay, I don't know if for sure if Zena was a. Um, a lesbian but i thought that amazon yes. women were yeah. like lesbians so i thought wonder woman would be a lesbian but then i find out that wonder woman is not really a lesbian but instead it's batwoman or whatever bat batwoman is a lesbian she's like one of the first um major comic book characters to be a lesbian um wonder woman they hinted at some stuff in the comics um xena was I think, like, Wonder Woman, she was bi, but towards the end, she and Gabrielle were an item. Oh. But... Oh. Okay. But, well, you asked. I know. Um, but... but um, and Green Lantern and, is gay. Oh, one of the Green Lanterns is gay, but not Hal Jordan. That's a spinoff of an alternate universe, I think. Yeah, it, I think it's an alternate one. And, and also, North Star just got married, so... And that's the first time a male gay character in a comic, um, and especially Marvel, one of the majors, um, got married to another man. So there you go. <laughs> There's our Pride Month, uh, Pride Week uh, segment for Fangirl Radio. But <laughs> I don't know how we spun off to that from Superman and Wonder Woman. But the truth, the truth is Superman and Wonder Woman are hooking up. It's happening in the New 52. And, uh, you know, let us know what you think on the website, fangirlmag.com, about this. Um, but uh, moving on from comic book news to movie news and the Jesus God, why are they doing this segment? Um, I know my friend Jerem, who's maybe listening out there right now, is is drinking heavily after hearing this news. Uh, David Cronenberg's classic Videodrome is being remade. And no. not only not only that, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've seen Have Videodrome. You? Yes. They're they're remaking it and, and the best part, I'm ready, I'm ready for him to start laughing hysterically. The the remake is going to be written by the man who wrote Reindeer Games. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense anymore. I gotta hang up I, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so at, the, um, so at the end of Videodrome, he walks around town putting money in mailboxes. That's, he go, that goes around town pulling money out of his stomach into mailboxes. That's what ah, there we go. <laughs> yes. No, I I really don't know why. Um, the outcry from fans everywhere is like, why are you doing this? There is absolutely no need. You can't top the weirdness and the just just outright crazedness of that movie and. It, uh, 
I just don't know. So I what else this, has this guy written other than Reindeer Games? Do we have anything um, else? He wrote a couple of, tra- I think, the first two Transformers movies. Oh. So you're going to What were they about again? Uh, I think the the goal was to give giant metal balls to uh, to the Constructicons. Dev- Devastator, yeah, we, we yeah, Dev- that. yeah. Was, that's I the only smart. thing I can think of. I I was too. Um, yeah, I I really I really and the guy that they're getting to direct it, I guess, has uh, directed only commercials, which isn't so bad. But you've got the guy who wrote, wrote Reindeer Games. And the fact that it's not being directed by David Cronenberg. Because Cronenberg's already made a masterpiece in that movie. You don't need to remake it. There's really no need. And, um, yeah, there's been some choice words said online about this. I think there's actually a petition going on to stop it from being made. Well, it's like those movies that they need to remake, like Night of the Lepus. Why don't they remake that? That would be awesome with today's technology. I would be Motel Hell. It'd be like Birdemic, only with bunnies. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> well, actually, I wouldn't like another. I wouldn't like a remake of Motel Hell, actually. But maybe Motel it, Hell was perfect. But what? Motel Hell was perfect the way yeah, it was. But maybe like a Motel Hell twenty twenty or some, you know, something like that. I mean, but why do they have to remake things that are awesome like that? You know what I mean? Well, it's like The Brood. The Brood is like an underrated Cronenberg flick. Um, not a lot of people talk about it, but that thing is freaking creepy. And it's just, you know, that was around the time, you know, he did he did The Brood. He had Videodrome come out. A couple of years later came The Fly. I mean, this was during the peak time of Cronenberg when he was doing all this crazy, surrealistic, uh, you know, the, the new flesh horror I, I, is what I call it, where it's just this really you know, the bio horror stuff, and and I don't you can't recreate that. That man had a, a knack for that kind of stuff, and it was just disturbing, you know. And I really, what comes from from uh, carrying on or making either a sequel or a remake of a David Cronenberg movie, even though the irony is he made The Fly, which was a remake, and it was better than the original. <laughs> But, you know, what you get is things like Scanners 2, The Takedown, or Scanner Cop. That's what you get when you have a remake or a sequel to a Cronenberg film. <laughs> Scanner Cop. Yeah, you remember that, don't you? <laughs> he always looked like he had constipation. And, and <laughs> he was sweaty and looked constipated and, and had a vein popping out of his head. And he slightly looked like Brad Dourif, didn't he? I think he Brad, did. Brad Dourif has a very, very distinct look. I know. This guy looked like a younger Brad Dourif, though. It was really creepy. So I always thought. But that's I always funny. called him Brad Dourif. I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce <laughs> this. I don't either Steve, now. Steven, Steven Dourif's brother. <laughs> <laughs> Not dwarf, like with a DW, but dwarf. Oh. Hey, okay. don't make I fun see. of Steven Dourif's height. Oh. No, come on. <laughs> I know we he wears lips. You know, Come on, you know you don't need to make fun of him, man. He was awesome in Blade. Leave him alone. Agreed. God loves short Agreed. people. Agreed. So, um, also speaking of the world of horror and and things like that, um, Eli Roth apparently is actually going to make Thanksgiving. Remember the trailer within Grindhouse where the girl is doing the jumping or the on the trampoline and the knife comes up and she lands on it. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You remember that. Okay. So, and the guy's humping the turkey. Apparently, that is getting made into an actual full-length feature. Um, I think this might be either the second or third movie to come from that, um, from the fake trailers in Grindhouse. At least the second one, because Machete was birthed from that. Um, So, yeah, we're going to get Thanksgiving. Now, the funny thing is, what you took from that trailer was this is going to be a funny just screwed up movie right apparently eli roth is saying he's actually going to make it scary nice and I, oh. I don't know how i don't know how you make someone having intercourse with a cooked turkey sc- any more scary than that <laughs> <You know? laughs> that made me think of superman and wonder woman for just i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why i thought of that i I don't know either, but we're going to have to talk after the show. <laughs> in counseling. And there's some counseling. Well, I just picture future. a big turkey baster. I, that's what I was going to say. I had visions of Cedar oh. Chucky in my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cedar so Chucky. Brad yeah. Dorf. Yeah, see how it's all coming together? <laughs> it's that weird Nicholas Cage three whatevers of whatever. What is that? Oh, the, the um, werewolf women of the SS. That was Nicolas Cage's little tidbit in Grindhouse. Actually, we were doing Sybil Danning on Nightwatch, and she said that is going to happen. I want it to, because Nicolas Cage as what, Fu Manchu? <laughs> Honest to God, that has to happen. So well, is, she said that... Nick, go ahead. I'm sorry, is, is Nick still paying off the IRS with these movies, or, or what? <laughs> Maybe. There is Maybe. See, it's funny because we mentioned Blade also. We can't make a tax joke on... on we can't that. make a tax joke. It's too soon. They're listening. They're listening. Um, actually, if Nick, Nick Cage, if you're listening to the show, I'm so sorry. And please come on it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Only, only love for you, Nick. Please we have come. only love for you. Honest, true. We, we heart do. Nick Cage. I, I truly I, do. I just I, made a heart sign with my hand, by the way. And I mean this honestly, because when my wife was uh, had just been diagnosed with cancer, he was one of the very first pictures she had, um, celebrity Aww. pictures she was with. And I thought that was pretty wonderful of him to take a picture with her. Aww. And he was all next out. So he was like, had the long blonde hair and the white leather jacket. Holy and crap. He was, sweet. he was a sweetheart. He's tall as hell. Really? I can't get over how tall he is. Like, seriously, I had to look up to look at him. Yeah. So he's, he's like twice the height of uh, a blade. Stephen Dorff. <laughs> Stephen Dorff. <laughs> you have a, an effect on people, Jessica, because Doug Jones, when he was on Nightwatch, he's like, I just want to squeeze her and stuff. And I'm like, wow, I bet she'd love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> he says and he, he adores has. you. He does often. <laughs> and I, I let like, him. <laughs> I feel like my marriage is in trouble. <laughs> This we just the, need to stretch you out with a taffy machine, honey. So you're like oh. eight feet tall, and and uh, then we have to somehow get your eyes giant and blue, and then you'd look just like him. We'll just have and to have call Wonka up and see what we can do. Really long fingers that helps. Yeah, really long fingers that like live on their own and do things without. You know, he could be yeah, looking we'll, to the right, we'll and right his there. hands would be moving. We'll stop right there. <laughs> we'll stop right there because 
this is what the therapist is going to come. <laughs> they're going to come back to this moment and say, "This is where the marriage ends." When, I, the when, when he said, "Stop right there," I started singing Meatloaf in my head. <laughs> Funny you should say that. <laughs> We've been known to duet that song. Oh yeah. Paradise by the dashboard light. Board light. Oh. Oh. Will you love me forever, honey? Let me th- let me sleep on it. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> Why do you think we're married? This is true. So uh, moving on. <laughs> um, actually, swinging back around, I, I uh, meant to mention this during the comic book part, but um, uh, I can never pronounce his name without completely butchering it. So I'm just going to call him Mr. Echo. Who is it? Miss. Um, his name, Mr. Echo from Lost. His I, his name, I cannot do it justice. I will butcher it. So it, everyone I know knows him as. When you met him, you told me that he had a nickname, and that was the name you used. So what what was that? Oh my god, I can't remember. That was like back when they were filming um, Andy the... or something like that. Yeah, we'll call him Andy. <laughs> What's there his real go. name, Jessica? I can't say. I can't say. You know, you gotta try. You're the Ad- little train. Uh, Addy. Addy is his name. Adewale Akinoyo Agabiji. Okay. Never mind. Honest <laughs> to God. <laughs> this is why I call him Mr. Echo. He's a very tall, sweet, awesome guy. Very uh, much a doll baby. Anyway, he has been cast in Thor 2. Ooh. Yep. And he's going to be one of the dark elves. So, one of the um, evil elves that. Um, is that a drow? I'm sorry. Is it is it a drow? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Sweet. I love drows. Sorry. Yeah. He, there. He's gonna be. Um. He's gonna be playing Algrim the Strong, one of the strongest of the Dark Elves, and he's gonna be fighting Thor. So seeing him throw down with Chris Hemsworth is gonna be awesome. It's truly, truly awesome. Um. So I'm excited about that. That's just another good casting between him and Tom Hiddleston and all those guys coming back. Um, I can't remember though if they've already recast um, Halder. Um, I think that was who it is. Is it Halder? Am I making up things now? Isn't Halder the elf from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I'm saying Halder because I got elves on the brain. Um, but uh, Josh Dallas is not coming back because he's filming uh, Once Upon a Time. Um, so he's not going to be coming back as one of the heroes three and I'm blanking on the name. Oh my God. I'm a horrible person. Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, we've got more casting done for Thor two and, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. It's going to be great. Uh, so when is the release date for that movie? Did they actually say yet? Um, it's going to be, well, they've already released the release date for, um, uh, Avengers. That's going to be, I believe, in 2015. I think this is going to hit probably 20, probably next year, because I think they're getting ready to start filming if they haven't already started filming for it. Because they're going to do Captain America 2 as well. And Iron Man 3 is coming out. And they're, you know, they're doing their bridging between their Marvel movies. So they're all going to be released basically staggered like they did last time. Do you know the plot of Captain America 2? Has that been discussed yet? I didn't get to go into that um, panel at Comic-Con, uh, so I wasn't quite sure. I know they're calling it, win- I think it's like Winter Soldier or something like that. And uh, I know that they are talking about having Bucky come back, t- uh, which is going to be interesting since, you know, he died. 
Uh, yeah, it's called The Winter Soldier, and uh, it's going to be set in modern times, I believe. And, uh, yeah, you know, the uh, they're talking about having, like I said, Bucky Barnes coming back. I don't know if it's going to be current or if it's going to be done uh, in the flashback. Or And Sam Jackson's going to be there because it's going to be, like I said, modern times. And there's rumor that the Falcon's going to be in it, too. So that'll be interesting. So, uh, yeah, Captain America 2, you got Thor 2, and Iron Man 3 is going to probably be the first one to be released because I think they're actually done filming that or pretty damn close. Yeah, I think they were close to f- finishing that as well. At least that's I what I last heard. I he got heard. injured and had to stop. Oh, an um, ankle injury. Yeah, yeah, They. I think they're almost done, though. I mean, they're like at the tail end of filming. Uh, I know that they, oh, gosh, I, they'd already done quite a bit of um of it when they were at Comic-Con. So, uh, yeah, I, he, I think they had to cut, shut down filming for like a couple of weeks, but they'll be back and I think they just got to finish up and start post on that one. Uh, the one thing I, I want to bring up for sure though, is, um, they finally, and I know the, the, the one, the one bane of my existence is the fact that my husband doesn't watch Dr. Who. That's right. I don't. Why he not? doesn't. How come? I don't. I don't know. Because don't know after Tom Baker, it stopped being good. Oh. Oh. Why are we whispering? Because it's I don't, fun and it's what's because for Because I'm ashamed. <sighs> okay. Anyway. So, Doctor Who. Um, we, are, we finally have a, a definite premiere date for the new season, season seven. It is going to be, um, at, and this is, the, they were going back and forth. Uh, for some reason, on what the date was going to be, but they, uh, the as last notice that I've seen, it will be September first, and it will also be fil- uh, shown the same day in the states as it is in the UK. Um, I think they realized they can't keep us from our who, so they are going to show it on BBC America. I believe it's nine p.m. on September first, and uh, uh. I'm excited as hell. There's all kinds of promos going around. It's going to be uh, Asylum of the Daleks. And uh, also on top of that, because this is the 50th anniversary of the show, there's going to be all kinds of cool things happening for this. Uh, They're also getting a prequel, uh, giving a prequel online uh, for Amy and Rory uh, called Pawn Life, which I, that's a great title. What does that Uh, mean? There, the Amy Pond is the name of the doctor's companion this time around, ah. and her husband Rory, instead of keeping his name, took her name. So they called them the Ponds instead of um, I can't. I don't. I can't even tell you. I think it's. I can't even tell you what Rory's uh, last name is now. It's he's just Rory, the centurion who always dies all the time. Um, but they're going to have a prequel uh, for a few episodes before the premiere online that you will be able to watch. And I, uh, I truly, truly think they're going to kill both of them. Although they kill Doctor Who. No, I think they're going to kill Amy and Rory or they may kill off Amy because they've killed Rory so many times and brought him back that it's just a running joke. Now he's the Kenny of Doctor Who. Um, but you see, you see, what I'm waiting for is I'm I'm waiting for the Doctor Who incarnation where Rowan Atkinson becomes Doctor Who, and that we have a season of that. 
I think everybody would be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would watch the show then. I think. <laughs> I love. I loved the Curse of Fatal Death. I think that was great. And he made a great doctor. I'm sorry. You can make it a joke of it as much as you want, but I thought he did great. No, I. I think, I, it, was I think it would be great. Um. But anyway, uh, that's going to happen. The rumor mills going around. Richard E. Grant's coming back this season. I think we've already talked about that. Um, he's actually played the Doctor, not only in Curse of Fatal Death, but he actually played the Doctor in an audio, um, uh, actually an animated thing of the show that they did uh, about a year or two before the new, ser- the new Eccleston stuff started. So that was kind of neat. Um, so yeah, Doctor Who starts in September 1st, and there is much rejoicing. So moving on from that, it is time to talk about the summer movie season of 2012. And I have my top five, and I want to talk about. I'm gonna I'm gonna do give my top five, or my number five, and then we'll work our way through. I think I, I'm guessing that we'll have the same number one, but I could be wrong. Um, but no, I'm gonna give no. my now, do we get a do we get a moment to discuss each one as you go, or are you going to give the list and then we talk about it? Or, well, I'll, I'll tell mine and then you tell yours, and then we can. I'll I'll give you my reasons, and you can tell me. You know, we'll banter. That's what we do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. All right. So I actually I have a tie for number five, and it's interesting because one of them is a movie that we both saw together, and one is one that. We, you haven't seen as far as I know. Um, number five, uh, as the tie is Ted and Expendables 2. I, I really, really enjoyed the hell out of Ted. It was just a fun, fun movie. And oh my God, Flash Gordon. I, I, that, that whole thing was just awesome. I, I, the whole movie was hilarious. I, I, I was in pain by the time it was over. And Expendables 2, it's, it's weird how it's kind of the same mindset. I just enjoyed the hell out of that movie. It's like they took, they, it became just such a self-referential, just here, we're just going to show you everything you've ever wanted to see from 80s action heroes just played out to the, uh, on steroids. I'm sure there was some steroids going around. But anyway, there, this was just a great, fun movie. It took all the good things from the first one and amped it up. And it was just hilarious. And I had a great time. So that was my number five. Ted and Expendables 2. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's it's a number a five. A two-parter, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't help it. It's just they, they both were that good. Okay. What's your number four? Well, you need to tell me your number five. Well, my list is a little bit complicated because <laughs> because it's uh, you. I, yeah, because, simply because I was I I made the list. Uh, the, the the first part of the problem that I had was that you asked me for my five top movies of the summer and I had only seen 7. So I figured it would be simpler to just I'll just tell you what the 7 movies I saw were. <laughs> okay. And then whether I liked them or not. Okay. So, um, I'll just, I'll I'll tell you what, I'll just give you my list, um, straight out in no particular order. And then you can discuss any one of those that you want. How's that sound? Okay. And I'll give you the rest of mine too. Well, why don't you give the rest of yours now so that you had Ted, you had Expendables 2, 
Yeah, that was my t- number five. Number four was Dark Shadows. Number three, and I know people are going to hate me for saying Dark Shadows. I don't care. I, I enjoyed the hell of it. Number three was Dark Knight Rises. And number two, this is where I fudged a little bit because I made my summer be between April and August. And I can't help it. That's just because I could not not include this on my top five list, which was Cabin in the Woods. And number one was The Avengers. Okay, so when you told me it was from May to August, you really meant April then? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should have just simply done a best of 2012 so far. <laughs> we could have done that. <laughs> that would have probably worked. Um, okay, well, here, here's my list in no particular order, um, though I will go from the bottom up. <laughs> I guess that is in order. Um, <laughs> I saw The Bourne Legacy. I saw Dark Knight Rises. I saw The Amazing Spider-Man. I saw Ted, I saw Brave, I saw Prometheus, and I saw Men in Black 3. You saw the Avengers, though, too. And the Avengers. But you and I both agree that the Avengers is, was our favorite movie of the summer. Yeah, right. I mean, there was nothing. There, there was no, the only problem with that movie was that it ended. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, <there> was, <laughs> but not a two-part coming out in, in um, Christmas time. 20, well, 2015. Yeah, I have I really, to wait till for Christmas 2012, but I'll take 2015. Yeah, yeah, but um, so yeah, I and I have to say that you know, what did you? Okay, who your number one was the Avengers. What did? Okay, I I did not include the Born Legacy on my top five because, and we kind of sort of discussed this a little bit. I felt that that movie, unless you had seen the last three the first three like the the day before you were left floundering a little bit in there because they referenced treadstone they referenced um a couple other you know uh, there that was the whole point was this was a different group of of super soldiers but i mean it it was so bam 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 you're you need to catch up now and also the fact that it it focused so much on the science aspect that the action aspect kind of got lost because it was a lot of people in rooms, including Edward Norton, um, looking at screens and, and talking about these programs, which is fine, but I need some frame of reference. And I didn't get a chance to watch the first three movies before I went to this, which this movie takes place during those movies well it takes place during the third movie right i think um if i can interject i think that the structure of this movie was to show you some of the science because that had actually not happened in the other movies right. in the we never got to see you know what was treadstone really all about all we know is that you know jason Bourne is this guy who can he can run really fast he he knows where he can find a gun and in, in parked trucks you know, he, he, he knows a lot of things. He, he has a lot of abilities and he can never quite remember how he knew, you know, wh- where he got them from. And this was supposed to give us a kind of a uh, inside baseball looking the other direction and say, OK, here's a, you know, here's a similar program uh, whose name is now slipping my mind. And this it program was, it was bantered about a lot. It, it was. It was. Um, it'll come to me. But th- here's a similar program that uh, that Jeremy Renner is involved in. And it's. It's similar to the program that Jason Bourne was in, but it's different. You know, we didn't see Jason Bourne having to, you know, take red pills and blue pills or whatever was going on in the Bourne legacy. Right. Um, 
so I kind of appreciated that, I guess. I suppose from my point of view, it was kind of nice to actually see, you know, why were these people special? It wasn't simply that they found Jason Bourne somewhere or they found Jeremy Renner out in Reno. They, you know, they, they found him out in Reno. He apparently was a complete idiot and they gave him a blue pill that made him smart and a green pill that made him, you know, the incredible Hulk. I mean, that's, that's what I got from it. No, that's Ed Norton. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hawkeye versus the Hulk. Yeah. Jeremy Renner. He's in a lot of stuff. I'm starting to lose track. Yeah, and I, I'm very happy about that. I actually, I was very pleased. I, I enjoyed the movie, don't get me wrong. I really did. But, um, and it was Outcome. Outcome, I believe that correct. was the name that's of it. it. Um, but I, I enjoyed the movie, but it just, I don't know, it seemed some somewhat off. And it also kind of just ended. You know, it... it, it right. It, and, and that was the one thing I really had an issue with. At least in the first Bourne movie, because it even ended just like the first Bourne movie in one way that he's with the girl and, and the same Moby song starts. And we look at each other like wondering why there's a klaxon going off all of a sudden at the beginning of the freaking song. But I just had a problem with it just sort of ending. And I, I understand that they're trying to, you know, they're leading us to the, the, the promised land of Bourne and Cross are going to join up. And um, they're going to be together in the next movie. That's correct. But this one didn't do well enough. I don't know if they're going no, to... it did. It did do well enough. And that was part of the stipulation, I believe, that Matt Damon had said was, if the movie does well, I will consider coming back as Jason Bourne in a sequel to this. Because, as you know, Paul Greengrass directed the previous movies. And that's why they were, they were, very, they were very good. The timing, the editing was very, very good. Uh, and I agree with you that this movie, um, The Bourne Legacy, I like the movie. It was in no means a terrific movie. But I think if you're going to start or restart a franchise with a new actor, this is probably not a bad way to go. Because he was in most of it. Like, he was in 90% right. of the scenes. Right. And, and we got a little bit, of, like I said, a little bit of inside baseball on what the programs were about. And you are right. It did end quite abruptly. And you know, of you of all people know when when you and I we see a movie at the end of the movie. If it's a good movie, we give each other a thumbs up. If we think it's a terrible movie, we give a thumbs down. We have a you have a dance that you do if it's a really terrible movie called the terrible <laughs> terrible movie dance that I'm. <laughs> that's not what it's called, but we I can't say it on the air. <laughs> so, and and we didn't do either of those things. You know, we 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 walked out of the movie feeling that that was not a bad movie, and that's I guess the best you can hope for for a a reboot of that kind of a franchise. Right. And I think this one gave, um, Jeremy Renner had one thing to say about the Avengers that I found interesting was he was sort of pissed off that Hawkeye spent 90, 95% of the Avengers under Loki's spell. And so he didn't get to give any kind of a performance, you know, like I can't be this character because the character isn't the character right now. And he's not the character for most of the movie. And uh, so I think this gave him an uh, opportunity to like be a, a lead, and he did a great job with it. And you got to see levels of the character. And I, I felt like in the one scene where you get to see him before he's drugged up and given all these, you know, the the pills, you see him before all this happened to him. You see that innocence, and you see that kind of dumb dumbness that he was talking about. I was an idiot, you know, before they drugged me up. And uh, I, you got to get get some good screen time, you know, stuff like you did in, in Dahmer. You get to see an actor act. 
And uh, I, I really liked that. And I was glad for him to get to do that because he's right. Hawkeye didn't get to do a lot in the Avengers in terms yeah, he, of... Yeah, he is right about that. But I think since we're going from the bottom to the top, uh, the Avengers is kind of an interesting movie because it had such a large cast, an ensemble cast, that I felt, having seen the movie a couple of times in the theater this summer, I felt like everybody got a fair share of time. I never felt like the movie was uh, monopolized by Iron Man or by any particular story. I felt everyone involved um, got plenty of screen time. And I agree with his assessment that, yeah, he spent most of that time under Loki's spell, but he has another, he has a sequel to look forward to, so... Right, and I I really enjoyed him as Hawkeye. I think he's going to do great when they really let him go, and I think that'll be. But I can't wait for number two, man. It's I really can't wait. For yeah, the second yeah, it should be pretty good. I, I um, hear Hell, Hellboy is the uh, bad guy in number two. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that too, and then I punched the person that said it. Um, so I, I think we're almost out of time and here my husband thought we wouldn't have much to talk about, but, um, we actually have been given our two minute warning. Um, I did want to point out a couple of things real fast, uh, for our Joseph Gordon-Levitt fans. Don't forget his new movie, Premium Rush starts tomorrow. That's the, um, bicycle delivery movie that, um, looks really, really good. I actually want to go see that. Um, and then September, we're, we're running out of time for summer movies, but we've got a few left to go see. Um, Looper starts in September. Another Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's everywhere. He's Jeremy Renner, part two, do, I think. He's in everything. Resident Evil Retribution starts. Dread 3D, which I, uh, in 3D, I'm really excited about. Carl Urban does not take off the mask. He's got the helmet on the whole movie. Um, and then also being released in IMAX, which this is going to be cool. Raiders of the Lost Ark and IMAX. I can't wait. I think that's going to be fun. So um, with that, I think we're out of time. Uh, so I want to thank Amanda. And I want to thank uh, Troy for coming on and talking movies. And uh, thank you listeners for listening in tonight. Um, keep in mind next week will be our second attempt at trying to talk through the history of Doctor Who with the upcoming premiere. Uh, we're going to do another Doctor Who episode and I'm going to have a special guest on with us that night. And uh, we're also going to be doing some giveaways with Her Universe. There may be Doctor Who t-shirts in your future. So with that, thank you. This has been Fangirl Radio. Um, Troy, want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Amanda, are you still alive? Do you want to say goodbye? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda tuned us out, as she always does. I was staring at uh, Harley Quinn and Joker. Oh. <laughs> Good to see your focus is on my glitter wall. <laughs> I'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you all for listening. And that has been tonight's Fangirl Radio. Thank you.